1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to The
2: Art of Decluttering. I am Kesty Farooja.
3: And I am Amy Helen Revell. And we are so excited to be in your ears. I feel like today, Kest, we should use our sleepy time voices. Uh-huh. Which I'm not sure what the difference between sleepy time voices and sexy voices are. <laughs> okay, <laughs>
2: so, so maybe now you should just put that image in everybody's head. And I think that a sleepy time voice can just be gentler and more sing- quieter, quieter,
3: more sing- rather song-y.
2: than husky yeah. and heavy. And yeah, yeah.
3: So sing-songy. sing songy. Did you used song-y. to sing your kids songs when they were going to
2: sleep? No. No, <laughs> no.
3: Oh, I did every single night the same yeah. song. And then when we'd finished, the song was, um, it's an old, I don't even know where it's from, but it's an old song called Jesus Loves the Little Ch- No, it's called Jesus Loves Me.
2: Jesus loves yeah, me, no. this I know. Because like I, I I, knew as soon as you said, did you sing to your kids? I was like, no, I did not sing Jesus loves me. And I knew that you would have. I just <laughs> Every knew Every
3: single night. And Elijah spoke really early. And when he was about 10 months old. Did he I... say be quiet? <laughs> <laughs> Stop singing, well. <laughs> he used to i'd walk in we'd put him in his sleeping bag with clothes of blinds. i'd hold him and i'd start singing he'd lay his head on my shoulder like it was the cutest thing and then when i'd finish he'd lift his head he goes more jesus and i'd sing it again and then he'd put his head on my shoulder and we would sometimes just go round and round in circles because he was just you to, know that he was saying no family. He oh, anyway. was totally playing me. <laughs> it was the cutest thing ever.
2: And he just hooked you. He knew how to, he knew at 10 months how to uh, hook more? you. Jesus? What, Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't sing to my kids. And I, you know, a lot of times didn't read to them either. I, I was one of those mums.
3: You don't have to. There's no rules. <laughs> <It's> Exhaust. <laughs> yeah, there's no Never rules. we
2: go to bed. I know there's no rules.
3: Yeah. So we're talking today about sleep. About rules. How sleep (laughs) relates to decluttering and your bedroom. And we have a special expert spot coming up. Um, we've trialed that, and we think it worked really well last time. So we've got a sleep consultant that's doing a bit of a spot for us later.
2: She might be a celebrity to some of you, so get your guessing hats on to <laughs> who we may have chosen to speak to us about sleep. Cass, Amy, let's Helen, talk about some Ravel. of
3: the studies.
2: <laughs> Amy, Helen. Giorgio Revelle.
3: Wow, all my names all together. (laughs) (laughs) What I really liked about this episode is um, there was just lots of opportunity for us to do research and find some studies.
2: Okay, let's qualify. There was an opportunity for you to get your laptop out and do some research. Yes, I did some research. I have not had the opportunity to do but not I'm collaboratively giving you the oh, credit. I know, but I, and I very much thank you for it, <laughs> but I just want to be honest to people that I have not done any research for this because we came up with the idea yesterday and I've been at a funeral today. <laughs> so, so I did the research. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> no Helen worries. Rebell, tell me, what did you learn today? So there was
3: research? a really interesting study that was conducted by New York St. Lawrence University that... Results showed that having a messy bedroom can lead to a poor night's sleep and increased anxiety. And the study found that people who have a more clutter filled bedroom will take longer to fall asleep than those with neat and tidy rooms, that they will be increased, like have increased tiredness, and make it less likely that they will tidy their room the following day. So that vicious cycle of I'm Mm. not getting enough sleep, my room's messy, I'm not getting enough sleep, my room's messier, I'm tired, and so on and so forth. Now, we did not need St Lawrence University to do that study for us to know this to be truth. But those of you who do love a little bit of research, we thought that might be helpful.
2: And those of you who maybe already have a clean bedroom or a clear bedroom, may not have contributed, realised the connection. And those of you with a messy bedroom also may not have realised the link between the two. Mm. But we see it all the time when we work with clients who go from having a really cluttered, messy bedroom to having a clear bedroom and an organized bedroom. What's some of the feedback that we get, Amy?
3: The first ever client that I did curse. So back in, must've been 2014, I did an eight-year-old girl's bedroom and it was a typical eight-year-old girl's bedroom. I would say there was lots of soft toys. There was craft supplies. The wardrobe was pretty messy, but it wasn't a disaster. And you could still walk on the floor. Um, I remember saying to her, Amber, you're going to be able to sleep better tonight. And she was kind of like, whatever, Amy. Whatever. And her mum was like, oh, my gosh, if she would be able to sleep better, that would mean everything because she's not a great sleeper. And I got a text message from her. Amber says, Amy's right. An organised and tidy bedroom helps you sleep better. And I was like, eight-year-old girl sold. And that was my very first client review that I ever received.
2: (laughs) That's so awesome. What What
3: about you? Let's tell some stories.
2: I just love, love doing bedrooms because I love, I love the idea of our bedrooms being a sanctuary. Mm. Like I really, I really resonate with that. I really love that my bedroom is, I've always loved escaping to my bedroom. So now that Oliver is 11 and is starting to do that retreat, I keep like wanting to pull him out and then I remember what I was like at 11 and my bedroom was my only space. Your domain. Yeah and when you're you know when you're a kid in particular it is the only space that you have like so I just like I keep having to remind myself no you actually remember what it's like to be 11. You were in your bedroom pressing play and record, recording American Top 40 when you're 11 and making your own mixtapes. So let him be in there listening to Shawn Mendes. Let him be in there kicking his soccer ball in his room listening to music because that's exactly what I was like at 11. And so, um, yeah, I just I remember that being a, a place of sanctuary for me and then, you know, all throughout the rest of my years, like my... Me remember, I think maybe before I was 10 or 11, I don't have very many memories of my bedroom. I remember being stuck in my bedroom with my sister and us calling out to our parents who were watching a country practice and just thought it was neighbours yelling and didn't realise that. I think our neighbours actually had to come and knock on the door and say, that that's your kids. That like,
3: is so good.
2: So um, I don't have, I have like, you know, five, a handful of memories of bedrooms before around about 10 and 11, like when we moved to Papua New Guinea. And so, but since then, it really has been like a sanctuary for me. So I absolutely love creating sanctuaries for our clients as well, like really. And because I think because people, I don't know what it's like in other cultures, but in our culture, uh, the master bedroom is often a sacred place for whatever reasons, which I find really um Funny, like in I, I understand it. I understand that that's a place where it's a very intimate space. But when I'm showing people around my home and people like don't want to enter my bedroom, I'm like, it's okay. You can come in. That intimacy is not happening right now. So come on in, like. And so, um, but I, I, but I, I totally get that, and I totally want bedrooms to be. That sanctuary for other people. So I lo- bedroom, master bedrooms, and any bedroom actually is some of my favorite favorite mm. rooms to do. That didn't tell you a story about a specific client. Just told you my love of bedrooms. How about you?
3: <laughs> I am thinking of a client
2: whose children um, all share a bedroom.
3: So they've got five kids. So they've got five kids and a one small bedroom. So two sets of bunks and two toddler beds that slide in under the bunks and a cot in there like it's it's fallen cramped but even helping their kids like their older children to declutter their little zones in their bedroom like a sanctuary doesn't mean that there's not lots of people sleeping in there or that there's not Mm. multiple beds it doesn't mean you don't have things but you can still have a sanctuary where it's not things that are out of place. It's not noisy things. It's not, um, you know, books strewn everywhere and additional blankets and soft toys where you feel like it just builds and builds, but actually where you can have, even though that you might be sleeping in the same room as four of your siblings, you've got a a place where you can sit and relax and just decompress.
2: Mm. And I find the same, even with like adult bedrooms, like I, I've got a, my one of my one of my beautiful clients um, has got twins, and we um, redid her bedroom and it was just like such black and white such a huge difference from being able to how it was before I um, got in there with her to how it was afterwards you know we changed the bed around and like oh, i've love helped. That. I've helped mums who are just about to have a newborn. We've changed rooms around so the flow of the room works better, but also just clearing the clutter, like just getting rid of everything, uh, reducing what's in the room and then finding great homes for them. Um, It's just I can totally understand why sleep is so connected Mm -hmm. to to. Clutter and it makes you know that research that you found it makes sense that um, people's thoughts like that that they can't slow their mind down because even Mm -hmm. if they're not specifically thinking about oh this is what I want to achieve in my room yeah it's just noise like and even if you're in the dark yeah you you could still affect you you. yeah and you can remember what it looked like when you turned your light off and so I totally get that your subconscious is at play. In that, letting and not letting your mind slow mm. down.
3: Often, it's simple things like a pile of dirty washing or a pile of clean washing. Actually, is more often than not the culprit. <laughs> um, it's a washing basket that's in there. It's a pile of papers. It's an exercise machine. I know we are not great at making our bed, and I know we've had that confession. I've said that before in the podcast. Kirsty and Simon are amazing at making their bed. Um, Cal is much better than me. So if he gets out of bed after me, the bed tends to get made. If I get out last, I do not tend to make it. But I know when Cal's made the bed and I'll walk in after a client I'm like, I just want like a 10 minute lie down. If the bed is made and there's nothing else in the room, it just feels like I'm at a spa. It feels so good to Mm -hmm. lie down Whereas if you go into a bedroom and there's just stuff everywhere and your kid's been in your bed last night, so they've left their dummy and there might be their pajamas and a toy and you walk in and there's things to do rather than walk in and sleep is the sole purpose of what you actually want to achieve in that time.
2: Yeah. And even like just the basket of clothes, like you, you have to tell yourself not to do that so that you can rest like, and that's totally fine. Like, you know, Amy, my heart for you is to rest after you have seen a client because of your chronic fatigue and all the other things that are going on in your life. My heart is for you to rest. So, you know, if you were my client, I'd be like, yeah, definitely just walk past those clothes and, you know, jump into bed, lay down for 10 minutes. But I also know that that's what weighs on our minds mm-hmm. and we're like, we have to deliberately tell ourselves I'm not doing the clothes. I'm not doing the clothes. Yeah. I'm just going to I'm leave that and rest
3: and you're yeah. not resting guilt-free. I think mm. that's the beauty case. And I really like that as um, professional organizers, when we're going out to people's homes we can give testimony to that, we can say, we do have bedrooms that don't have any clutter in it. We don't have clothes sitting on a chair. We don't have baskets of washing And what that means is when I decide it's time to go to bed, I need to brush my teeth and put my pajamas on and I'm ready for bed. Like my whole bedroom is completely organized. There's nothing out of place. And I love that we can say to people that is possible with a busy family and kids That is a space that you want to work hard at protecting.
2: Yeah, and that doesn't mean that an exercise bike can't be in there because that's the only space that you can have an exercise bike. We just mean that maybe not use it as an exercise drobe a wardrobe hanger <laughs> for your clothes and it also doesn't mean that you can't have your desk in there particularly during this season of COVID where your bedroom may be the only place that is relatively quiet so you can have zoom meetings mm-hmm. it's probably still not quiet but you know maybe you've got a lock on your door and you can lock your children out from coming in to you um so please don't hear mishear us we're definitely saying that it can't be a multi-purpose room mm-hmm. It's just being clutter-free in, and yeah. having and and being tidy
3: as well. Well, lots of people in Melbourne that we've been working with during COVID, our NDIS clients, have a desk in their bedrooms that wasn't there in February but mm-hmm. has to be there now because they might be in a share house, maybe two other people are also working from home that equally went in February. So all of a sudden you might have a desk in your bedroom but if you can have that desk tidy... When you walk in, it's not like, ew, that's the part of the bedroom I hate and you have to avert your eyes. You actually just walk in and go, oh, this is nice and chill and relaxed and I can rest, I can be intimate, I can read this, you know, like it is a place of rest and restoration.
2: And I think because I think that was the point I was trying to make earlier and got sidetracked by myself Um, (laughs) is that because it is, the intimate space, one of the intimate spaces in the house, the intimate space in our house, um, we can't, we do feel fine to close the doors to it. And so it can become the junk room in our house. Oh, yeah. Um, particularly if other rooms have got other family members in the room and you don't have, you know, on the floor plan a junk room. So the lounge, you know, your bedroom often. Like the master bedroom can often become the junk room because mm-hmm. you can close the door and nobody's going to ask you about well why can't we come into your bedroom exactly
3: yeah in and you're not hosting culture. people in your bedroom generally. generally maybe as a young adult you might if you're living at home you know like there's yeah. instances if where you're you a may, share home yeah correct yep. but generally speaking yeah it's it not a space where you're like hey. Let's yeah. have a catch up and let's sit on my bed. Unless you've got a massive TV and a stash of chocolate, in which case I'll come and lie in your bed and watch movies with you.
2: Yes, exactly. So, um yes, it's it can be the dumping ground. So we just this whole episode relating to sleep is that we just really want to encourage you for your bedroom, not to be your dumping ground uh, because we really want you to have great sleep because we really want you to be fully functioning adult or child in this world, giving the world the best of you. And that comes when we all know that comes with sleep and good sleep, not just sleep, but deep, good sleep. Yeah. (laughs) it's,
3: It's about helping you fall asleep and then stay asleep.
1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com.
3: There was a um, blog that we'll put in the show notes from Organized Interiors that talk about even when you've got clutter in the rest of the house, you can kind of convince yourself that you tune out to the clutter. It doesn't bother you. You don't even see it anymore. But they talk about the fact that a disorganized environment is constantly being registered by your brain as a yes. job to be completed. Like you said before, Kirst, even mm-hmm. if it's just subconsciously.
2: Yep.
3: And so even if you've come out of the lounge room where you're maybe watching TV or you've put a load of washing on, you're walking through the kitchen and it's, it's messy and cluttered, The entirety of your home actually will affect your quality of sleep and your children's quality of sleep if you have kids. And goodness, don't we know that children having good sleep is so, so important and sleep deprivation is next level. It's a form of torture. I feel like I lost years of my life to sleep deprivation.
2: (laughs) But sleep, that's why it's a form of torture.
3: Yeah, it literally is and figuratively is as well
2: yeah and that's why like I really um that's what jumped out at me when you read about in that, that first research and then again in this one is that our brain likes to organize things like that's how we're made even if we think that we're clutter blind or even if we think other people that we live with in our home are clutter blind our subconsciously we're not subconsciously we're still trying to sort it we're still like our mind is buzzing somewhere in the background somewhere subconsciously trying to order things because that is how we're we're made and and we know that there's research done on that well that's right well (laughs) don't ask me but amy will
3: (laughs) um i haven't looked at it this time but we'll find it but it was a ucla um study that found that the more clutter in your home the higher your cortisol levels and so therefore if you've got the increased stress hormones it's going to have a massive effect on your sleep because stress does not give you good quality or good quantity sleep so if just by reducing the contents of your home by organizing the contents in your home if that can give you a better sleep, like let there be no other reason other than mm. holy moly, sleep's incredible and I want better quality and more of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we have a special guest today and it is the amazing Mandy Hose from Mandy Hose She Knows and also from Two P's in a Podcast everybody get on that podcast today after you listen to ours um, but she is phenomenal and she has some really good tips for us particularly around children because that's what she deals with um, around how decluttering and organizing their room can can help them sleep so we'll go to that now.
4: Hi Kirsty and Amy, it's Mandy here. Thanks for asking me to be a part of this uh, episode, I Could Talk About Sleep all day long. It is my whole bread and butter. So I've been working as a sleep consultant for newborns to five-year-olds for the last seven years. And before that, I worked at a parenting center where I did a lot of home visiting. So I saw every room, bedroom you can imagine. So I think when we're thinking about clutter or we're thinking about making the busyness of a bedroom, I want you to think about that the bedroom, the cot, the bed is a place that we want to be a sanctuary for our children. So somewhere they can go, that they can rest, that they're not confused about is this a place to play or is this a place to sleep. So if we're thinking about the very beginning from a bassinet to a cot, I want you to think about keeping it firstly safe so you can follow all the SIDS guidelines, SIDS and kids guideline for that. But even I just want you to think about, you know, the whole idea of having a mobile over the top of the cot. Instead of having the mobile in the cot, why don't you pop it on your change table instead? Because that's a place where babies get really mischievous and do a lot of rolling and they need some distractions. So sometimes a mobile above there is a better place than to have it above the cot where they're thinking, oh, is this a place from you know, I've got shiny lights and singing music and that's kind of keeping me awake. So um, thinking about that. And then when we've got our big kids that are in bed and I work with a lot of twin families. So you can imagine two, three-year-olds in a bed jumping around all evening. So I want you to think about uh, making the room sort of as boring as possible, still lovely. And you want to have nice things in there that promote their relaxing. So books and stories and soft, you know, cushions or and all those things that sort of create that feeling of coziness and rest. And so also thinking about, are you able to open up and close your curtains in the bedroom so that's a really important thing because that's a way that we can say the daytime starting with the blind open and then the daytime's ending when we close the curtains so sometimes when we've got too much in our room we can't get to the curtains and open them up but that's a really really easy tool and an easy way to show children when sleep time is starting and when it's ending so um so yes, I've definitely seen changes in children when their rooms are a little bit more organised and they know that this is a place to sleep as opposed to is this a place to do lots of big heavy playing. So yep, go for it people, tidy up their rooms, get it organised and just make their their bedrooms as much of a place of rest as possible. And yeah, see you later, bye. Thank you, Mandy.
3: We are so grateful for you to share your wisdom if you want to get some help with your children who are not sleeping, um, we'll have a link to Mandy's business in our show notes. Okay, so also us, that woman. Oh yes, yeah, she's Love flipping her. amazing.
2: <laughs> Love her. Australian <laughs> of the Year, my friends. Australian of the Year. Watch that, for Victoria. Spot.
3: <laughs> um, I thought this was really interesting. It's a quote from a book that's called Feng Shui for Dummies, which I thought was perfect for us because we don't know a we're lot about Feng Shui. Yeah. Um, by David Daniel Kennedy. And this is the quote, the last thing we see before sleep and the first thing we see when we wake influence our entire lives. And I thought even if you're not a 100% Feng Shui follower, which hmm. we're obviously not because we don't know that much about it, but I thought that quote was really pertinent to what we're talking about even if you're falling asleep in the dark before you turn your light off if your bedside table is cluttered and full of things it will affect your sleep and if you wake up and there's clothes on the floor and that affects your day even if you don't want it to and we probably don't want it to but it does and it's within your control to do something about it and we're here to coach you through that
2: I know right we've got like 223 episodes that you can go back and listen to and of course we're always here in person if you live in Sydney or Melbourne and virtually all over the world we love doing sessions for people who don't live in our cities as well so um, but we have plenty we've got episode on master bedrooms we've got episodes on kids bedrooms as well so we are here for you and we are always going to be cheering you on
3: yes i want to know do you use any sleep tools do you have any sleep triggers or anything special that, you know, an oil that you put on or music that you listen to, anything like that? You've got the cheekiest grin on your face. And I now don't know whether I should have asked the question or not asked the question.
2: It's fine. I just went somewhere that we, we don't go on this show. so We do not. Um, uh, I don't because I find it, re- I know, I lie. I do have a sleep tool and it is called reading before I go to sleep.
3: Yeah. Awesome. That's perfect.
2: I nearly always read much to Simon's disgust. I was going to
3: say, can we just park there for a moment? Yeah. You're still married, right? Yeah. (laughs) And yet you put a light on to read while what Simon is in bed trying to sleep.
2: So he bought me a Kindle with a backlight last okay, Christmas. He still
3: needs to be nominated for Australian of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: if because I, that is a,
3: That's a deal breaker. I can go,
2: no, I can go to sleep with a light on. I often go to sleep with a light okay. on. So if he hasn't come to bed yet, I will leave the light on for him. Because I can break into song. It's my podcast. And I... And I can fall asleep, whereas he can't go into deep sleep with the light on, hence the Kindle with the backlight. Yep. Okay. Purchased
3: last and that week. works?
2: Yes. Uh, yes, it does. So, and, and I love, love, I can, I love reading before I go to sleep. In fact, I kind of get a bit heebie-jeebies if I don't get to read before I go to sleep. So and that is once my you tool.
3: close the book, are you pretty much out to it?
2: Yes, yes. I, I fall asleep like that. I know, I know. I'm sorry because you have you have some insomnia issues. Do you want to talk to us about oh, them? Oh, I do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I take melatonin every night for my um, insomnia. I'm not really sure why I get it. I don't know if it's just my brain that doesn't stop. I slept my first night through as a child at seven years old. My first night of full sleep at seven years old. My poor mum by then had four children <laughs> and I was still getting up. I think she says up to 13 times a night.
2: <gasps>
3: yeah, I was a bad sleeper. And they always just said her brain just doesn't slow down. She's not, I'm not, like I wasn't screaming out. I just could not wind down and hence my life at 40. Um,
2: <laughs> so I take melatonin. Feel for me, I, people. Feel for me and Cal. Oh, the a typical cow also. <laughs> I am impacted by your never ending brain as well.
3: (laughs) Um, I'm very impacted by the moon cycle. I don't even know really if that's a thing, but me and my sisters really struggle (laughs) to sleep on full moons. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just because we're like full of water. I I don't know, but I often have an insomnia night on those nights. But so I take my melatonin. I'll often pop my earbuds in and listen to a podcast to kind of wind down. My favorite podcast to listen to is anything where Richard Fiber is talking. His voice is just like magic to me. I, Melodious. Oh, I mean, I love him as an interviewer. He's my top favorite interviewer in the world. I just think he's fantastic. I love everything about him. Um, so I can never fall asleep while I'm listening, but I find him really calming. So I'll listen to a podcast, turn that off. I have just last week bought myself a weighted blanket. Mm-hmm. Hello, awesomeness. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. I bought the, the heaviest one. I bought a nine kilo one. So I can barely get it on the bed, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I'm really enjoying it. And I've bought myself like two, they're kind of, um, I don't even know what the material would be called. They're really soft to touch pillows. And so I really like the texture of that. So whether it's that I'm hugging it, that it's lying next to my head, I don't sleep on it. They're just in the bed. So it's like a full hullabaloo, my side of the bed. And then there's cow just lying on his side.
2: Lying like, on his side or lying on his sliver? His
3: sliver, on his sliver. <laughs> On his side,
2: balancing precariously, because <laughs> yeah. this is me imagining you and Cal in the bed, and all the pillows surrounding you, <laughs> and your weighted blanket, and then the weighted blanket's fallen off you in the middle of the night, so Cal just gets rolled off the. And edge there's of the headphones
3: bed. somewhere in yeah. the bed. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not that bad.
2: <laughs> are you sure? Let's get but Cal all, on to us. Yeah, yeah, him. yeah.
3: All those things um, help me to have good sleep hygiene. So um, they are my triggers. So and Emily, I find that really helpful. And deep breathing. Deep breathing is really good. So yeah, we, go.
2: we do deep breathing for Emily, um, and Simon does a meditation over Emily oh, as well. That's really Because nice. she is our Amy. Yeah. She is our wakeful child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought, Kirst,
3: there will probably be some listeners who are listening to us in bed right now.
2: Well, before they fall asleep, I think we should say oh. if you are in bed and if you use us for a good night relaxation, you are our people this week that need to write us a review. That is excellent. Is that if you're nice in segue? bed while you're
3: listening, <laughs> you need to leave us a review this week. And there's no excuses, by the way. Red cars, Jane, James. Pilates. Yeah. If you're in bed, it's your week to leave us a review. All right.
2: So we hope that this episode has inspired you, has motivated you, and you really are encouraged to get into your bedroom and declutter and organise it so that you can have a really deep, restful sleep thanks to the art of decluttering.
3: (laughs) We will see you next week.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.